And a very good morning, church, both of those here and those at home. Today's reading is going to be taken from the book of Luke, chapter 17, verses 11 through 19. Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, Go show yourselves to the priests. As they went, they were cleaned, cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, Were not all ten cleansed? Where were the other nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, Rise and go, your faith has made you well. Good morning, church. Those sitting here and those who are um, worshipping online from the comfort of their homes. Um, these are very strange times and uh, very unusual times. Uh, but in everything, we have to give God the thanks. I want to thank um, Chad for the songs you have led us in this morning. They've been quite so lifting. As a matter of fact, I want to say that um, all those who have come up here to speak this morning have actually given the sermon. Then if you ask me, I'll say I'll just walk down and say... Have a good day, guys. But um, I still got some stuff to tell us this morning. And um, that is why I am still going to say one or two words before we actually say, um, uh, have a good day, guys. Um, in continuation of our sermon series, um, Relationship for the year 2022, uh, particularly for the month of January and February, we have decided to focus on our relationship with God. I do see um, the relationship between God and man, um, I do compare it to the relationship between, between man and his children. And you want to ask, what father would not want to have a relationship with his children? You know, or what mother would not want to have a relationship with her children? And so God wants to have a relationship with us. He wants to have a relationship with mankind. From the beginning, it was like that. And it's still that. The difference is that we have a choice to either go into a relationship with God or not to go into a relationship with God. When God created um, uh, Adam and Eve. He put them in the Garden of Eden. God made it a point of duty to constantly visit them and establish a relationship with them until Adam and Eve sinned and they were kicked out of the Garden of Eden. God had a relationship with the fathers, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, God had a one-on-one -on -one interaction with them. 
when he chose the nation of Israel to deal with, God had a relationship with the nation of Israel. And when God decided that he would send his only begotten son to come and die so that we cannot have redemption, it was also trying to create a relationship between mankind. And today, the death of Christ has opened the opportunity for us, or opened the door for us, to have a relationship with God. We can only have a relationship with God if we choose to do it. The door is open. The invitation is open. It's not a closed one. Whosoever wills may come. But it depends on you and I. What do we really want to do? And so our relationship with God that we shall be discussing on today shall be centered on gratitude. Just as we have earlier heard the various speakers um, speak. We do have countless and endless reasons to be grateful to God. But, I won't say unfortunately, the major reasons why a lot of people want to be grateful to God is when they get promotion in their places of work, when they buy new houses, or when they, um, uh, what is it, any, any, of, when, any, any new thing, they buy a new car. We sometimes, a lot of times, do not think about the good health we enjoy every day. It is not something that we naturally drive ourselves to, to want to celebrate like the way we celebrate new cars, new homes, promotion in our places of work and all that. But if we consider the savings we make from enjoying good health, it's way more than what we get in the promotions that we're seeking to be grateful to God for. If we are to pay for the breath, the air we breathe in every day, it will cost us a lot since the day we were born. If we want to have an idea of what that will look like, what the figure will look like, Go find out what it costs to get a tank of oxygen. Then you can imagine how many tanks of oxygen you need every day. I, I don't know if, if um, uh, uh, we'll be alive. I don't know if we can afford it. In whatever situation we find ourselves in, things could be worse. And so, let us learn to be contented with whatever position we are in. Like Paul said in the book of Philippines, I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether we're fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. And so, like I said earlier on, the situation could be worse. For everybody, every human being on earth, there is a person that is worse off than you. There is a person that is looking up to you at your position as a, as a desired destination point. And this happens 
so that we can learn to be contented with whatever situation we find ourselves in. I told us about of a story a long time ago I, of a boy who was being taken to school by his mom. They were poor, they couldn't afford shoes for him. And he walked barefooted to school while he was being walked to school by his mom. And the boy was crying. And for good reason he was crying because when he gets to school, everybody in the school have shoes to wear, but he doesn't have any. And as they were going, they saw a little boy by the roadside panhandling with one leg. And the mom called his attention to it and said, did you see that boy? He's not going to school. He can't be well cared for. He's by the road begging for arms just to survive. And he has one leg. So, can you imagine the level of comfort and relief, momentary though, that boy, would ha- that boy had. Oh no, I'm better off, I still, at least I still have two legs. I'm better off than this guy who's got just one leg. I still have something to eat. I still have parents who can send me to school. But this little boy has nothing to, no one to do that, all that for him. And for everybody in this world, there's always another person that is way better than you, has much more than what you think you have. So that that can also teach us some humility. Showing gratitude to God is a very serious thing. Um, Sometimes we pray, and when we pray to God, we pray for certain needs in our lives. And God in his mercies provides those needs. The question is, how often do we really spend time to thank God for what he has given to us? How often do we really spend time to thank God for what he has given to us? Just like that one leopard. They all cry together. Lord Jesus, have mercy on us. Today, whatever it is our needs, we have cause to cry to God. Lord Jesus, have mercy on us. Just like the lepers did. But how often do we have the same vigor to thank God as we used in making this request. Mankind has not really changed over the years. When we read of the ten leopards who were healed, yet only one came back. It is easy to read this passage and cast aspersion on this other nine. And say, oh, they are so ungrateful people. Oh, they have... They are ingratitude. They are ungrateful. They have a level, high level of ingratitude. And we can call them whatever it is, the names, whatever names we want to. But the truth is that a lot of times we fall into this trap. 
and probably were as guilty as these other nine, having received God's blessings and not being as thankful as we should be. And we just take it as one of those things. We take the blessing for granted and we're not as thankful as we should be. There is nothing wrong in asking for needs from God. But the problem is when we get those needs, how often do we go back to God to say thank you? As parents, we teach our kids how to say please and thank you. God wants us to say thank you to him at all times. He wants to hear from us. He wants to be in a relationship with us. Look at what the book of John chapter 14, 23 says. Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My father will love them. And we will come to them and make our home with them. I told us earlier on that the doors are wide open. God wants us to come to him. If we obey his teachings... He will make our home his. He will, he will accept us. He will come to our home. Going back to the text we read earlier on. In the book of Luke chapter 15, uh, 17. Starting from 15. And I'll read again. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. When he saw he was healed, he came back praising God in a loud voice. How many of us have been there before? A lot of us. When something happens to us that we've been expecting for a long time, you burst into songs of joy. You start singing to praise God. And This Samaritan did just the same thing in 16. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Why did the author of the book of Luke have to put that phrase? And he was a Samaritan. Does it really matter if he was a Samaritan? He was a Samaritan because the other nine were Jews who took the blessings of God upon their lives for granted. And so as children of God, it is also possible that those of us who are called the children of God can also take the blessings of God for granted in our lives. The people that Jesus calls his own, the nation of Israel, Those people who were sick, including the Samaritan, they got healed. But it is so unfortunate and ironical that those who should have been the first to run to thank Jesus went away jubilating on their own. But the Samaritan was the one who deemed defeat to come back to Jesus to say thank you. There is a saying where I come from originally. 
that when you say thank you for a favor received, you are indirectly asking for another one. It does not necessarily mean that the other nine were not grateful. Leprosy was a thing in those days that those who had them were separated from the general population. They were not meant to be among the, the general population. So they were really segregated. And so it was a very serious thing. And so if you had those nines who were clean, they must have been very happy to have been cleansed. But the unfortunate thing is that they took the blessings of God for granted. 17. And Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Where are the other nine? Automatically, these people have decided to categorize themselves by choice. And we can also choose to categorize ourselves by choice today. To choose to be grateful to God or not to be grateful to God. To choose to believe in Him or not to believe in Him. Choose to choose to be, obey Him or not obey Him. Or choose to choose to worship Him or not worship Him. And 18. Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? That is the second time that phrase was being mentioned. It was a big deal. It is a big deal as children of God. If we take his blessings upon our lives for granted and do not thank him with the same vigor we used to ask for his mercy upon us and when we are presented or when our answers to prayers are given, we just downplay it. I'm grateful for the church here. Many, many times we see we hear folks who come up here to speak, give you thanks for one thing or the other, prayer requests that have been made in the past, and when answers to those prayers are given, I'm grateful to, to God that it has been our practice to come back here in the same auditorium to let the world know that the Lord has answered our prayers. It is a good step and a positive step in the right direction. There are different ways Thanksgiving was done in the Bible. And for today, um, uh, I encourage us to consider these ways. The first one is true songs of praise. Songs of praise. And the book of Nehemiah 12:27 reads, At the dedication of the wall of Jerusalem, the Levites were sought out from where they lived and were brought to Jerusalem to celebrate joyfully the dedication with songs of thanksgiving and with the music of simba, harps, and lyres. Thanksgiving is an act, an act of doing something. There is power in singing. Paul and Silas sang and prayed and they got loose. 
In my country of birth, artists use the names of influential people to sing. Why do you think they use the names of influential people to sing? It's to honor them. You never hear an artist use the name of a pauper to sing. Because they've got nothing to gain from it. Apart from honoring the influential, they also get material benefits from that. And so as humans, if it is good for us to sing to praise ourselves, how much more it is to sing to praise God. The Bible says we should sing with the Spirit and we should sing with understanding. There's a load of information in that passage. Sing with the Spirit and sing with understanding. Singing with the Spirit and singing with understanding will put us in a position whereby when we come together like this to worship God and when we sing, we are singing in gratitude for what God has done for us. Quickly, the next one is true prayers. Philippians 4, 6 reads, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, but in every situation, and I repeat, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. By prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. There's a short story I want to share with you guys of a man who found himself in heaven. And as he walked along, he saw a group of angels. They were so busy packing stuff. Packaging stuff. I don't know how many of us have been to UPS or um, uh, the operational room of UPS of Canada Post or even Amazon. You see the way they are. It is so much work to be done. Packing stuff. And what were they packing? They were packing, packaging the prayer requests of humans to be sent to God. And as he walked along, he saw another group of angels who were even so busy. They were more busy than the first one. And they hardly had the time to even respond to his questions, what they were doing. This second group of angels, what were they doing? They were packaging answers to prayers. Both the ones that were asked and the ones that were not asked to be sent down to earth. And he walked along and saw a third group of angels. They were so bored. They had nothing to do. And they complained of how they come to work every day. And they get nothing to do. This group of angels, their responsibility was to receive thanks from humans for answers to prayers and package it and send to God. Once in a long while, they get one 
package and they package it and send it. Once in a long while. How many of us have worked in a place where it's so boring working because there's nothing to do? It is really boring. But unfortunately, humans are known to act so much but show less gratitude. And God is always answering prayers. Even when they have not been asked. And that's why we say God gives and gives and gives. And we as human beings will forget and forget and forget. God wants us to talk to him through prayers as we offer our thanksgiving. God wants us to pray without ceasing. And the third way is true giving and offering. And in the book of 2 Corinthians, we're told, you will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And look at this part B of it. Through your generosity, we result, through your, through, through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. Through your generosity in us, your generosity, through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. That was Paul there. In the book of Second Corinthians chapter 8, Paul told the Corinthian brethren, But since you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness and in love, we have kindled in you. See that you also excel in this grace of giving. It's got both spiritual and physical benefits. Having said that the most common forms of thanksgiving are prayers and songs of praise because they are readily accessible to everyone. Thanksgiving requires some level of sacrifice. But I would say that Thanksgiving puts us in a step ahead of prayers and songs. Anytime we give to God that which costs us something, the blessings that follows are priceless. No wonder David said, even when he had the opportunity of receiving things free to build the temple of God, what was his response? I will not give to God that which cost me nothing. I probably wouldn't have said the same thing if I was in David's shoes. I'm trying to buy stuff to build the temple of God and somebody is willing to give it to me free. I guess I'll die for it. I'll go for it right away without a second thought. But no, that was not the mind of David. I will not give to God that which cost me nothing. At a point in time when the Israelites, when they were supposed to bring animals for sacrifice on an annual basis to God, some of them brought the worst of the worst of the animals. Some of the animals were limping. 
And the priest rejected and said, Can you present this to your priest, to your, to your king? In the book of Genesis, I just want to elaborate a little more on Thanksgiving. Later she gave birth to his brother Abel, that was Eve. Now Abel kept flocks and Cain walked the soil. In the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. I just want us to carefully look at the characterization of the gift Cain brought to the Lord. The Bible puts it that Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. There's nothing spectacular about it, what he did. Probably there was nothing sacrificial about it. Probably those things he brought were almost worth nothing. Let's look at the characterization of what Abel brought. And Abel also brought an offering. Fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. He did not only bring fat portions, but he put God first. The first ones. Those were the type of things that Abel chose to give to the Lord as sacrifice. The Bible was not silent on God's response to both people. We all know what the story is. Jacob at the time when he met with God he set up a stone and poured oil to worship God there and drink. At that time oil and drink were so expensive. Oil and drink were so expensive that it was not readily accessible as we have today. There were things that were um, uh, sacrificial to him. And the book of Luke tells us, Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be poured out into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. For the measure you use, it will be measured to you. That need that you have sorted for and answers have been granted. How important is it to you? Is it something worth you think you can give something to God that is sacrificial or something you think you just throw anything, whatever it is to God? I want to say that giving is not just all about giving money. Giving also entails giving your time. Giving your time to clean. We have a church hall that can be clean. To sanitize. We're in a very difficult period now. The pandemic has turned the world upside down. 
if you look at the hall compared to what this hall was like on a day like this, four years ago, it's a far cry from it. This is not the way God intends us to worship. God wants us to come together and fellowship. And fellowship. It's unfortunate that the situation we find ourselves in, we don't have control over it. Whether we like it or not, pandemics has got its two sides of the coin. It either has made some people falling away, gotten discouraged, or it has made some people stronger and putting a lot of energy into their relationship with God. And so, there are so many things that can be done. Set up. Um, giving of clothes. We have the clothing giveaway. It's not always nice for us to keep coming to take and take and take. At some point in time, we should also give to those who are in need. We have a kitchen here. A lot of times, announcement is made over the pulpit. That the kitchen, the cabinets are empty. The things that are put in there are not eaten by people outside here. They are eaten by those of us who are less privileged, who don't have. Or sometimes come here and are hungry and want to have something to eat. And just a while ago, when Wayne was doing the announcement, he talked about um, a lost robot who needs more what? Volunteers. That is also a way to give. And so it's not necessarily you have to give money for you to give. Let us not forget the parable of the talent. It does, not, it does not matter what you are able to give. The most important thing is for you to give. The one who had one talent, what did he do? He buried it. And there was consequence for it. Let us not forget. Whatever it is we think we have belongs to the Lord. Because the earth is the Lord. And the fullness therein. So let us remember that without the Lord, we can do nothing. And with Him, we can do all things. The book of Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ, who strengthens me. So in every situation, let us learn to give thanks to God. As human beings, one of the most challenging Bible verses to implement is the book of First Thessalonians Chapter 5, verse 18. And what does that passage tell us? Most often times, give thanks in all situations, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Give thanks in all situations. It is difficult because if I'm hungry, it is difficult for me to give thanks to God that I'm hungry. That is the reality of things. If I'm hungry, it is difficult for me to say thank you, Lord, because I am hungry. I want to be filled. I want to fill my belly. But you know what the Lord says? In all situations, let us give thanks. In good times or in bad times. Whether we are hungry or we have plenty to eat. I remind us of what Paul said. He has learned to be content 
in hunger or when he's filled, in plenty or when he's in need. So, if we are waiting to get everything before we give thanks to God, then we'll never do that. The challenge is this, to Christians, we must not forget that we are more than conquerors in all situations. And if we accept God's blessings, prosperity, good health, why do we frown at bad times? Remember what Job told his wife. You are talking like a foolish woman. Shall we accept good from God and not trouble? So in all things, all things work together for good. All things work together for good. The one who knows the end from the beginning knows that that seemingly terrible situation we find ourselves in. He knows that it is for our own good. Even though at the moment it doesn't sound or look palatable. I'll tell you another story of a man who made a vow that if his wife, who is heavy, I was about to put to bed, delivers of the baby successfully, he promised to give God a certain amount of money to put in the lost tree. The time came when the woman went into labor and she was in a hospital and she successfully delivered the child. And soon after they got home, the child passed. But this man, this man still honored his words. He kept to the vow because God granted them a successful delivery. All things work together for our good. The situation might be so bad, so bad, that you don't see anything positive in it. But the Lord is saying that it works together for my good and for your good. There is a an idiom and I like to console myself with that idiom to every disappointment there is a blessing and I like to pray that God in this disappointment that I have found myself in may you allow me locate the blessing that comes with it in conclusion I have something I wrote down and I want to read to us. In my conclusion I said today's message is not difficult or hard to understand. If nothing else let it be a reminder to us to never take God's blessings in our lives for granted. More important, never forget to show our gratitude for all he does for us each day. Our praise and thanksgiving should flow from a grateful heart 
for what he has done for us. The reminder today is to never forget when God is blessing you. That he is blessing us because he loves us and cares for us. And the natural response to that love should be to love him, to adore him, to give him the thanks that he's due. Check yourself and make sure that you are not like the nine who took their blessings and went on with their lives. But that we are like the one who was grateful for what the Lord did for him. Please take a moment today, and not just today, every day of our lives, to simply say a prayer of thanksgiving. In our lives, our prayer should not constitute of demands, demands, demands. Once in a while, we should say prayers completely devoid of requests, but full of thanksgiving. And thank God for all that He does for you each day. And every day. It is out of his love for us that he blesses our lives. And it is out of our love for him to say thank you. I have a few questions to ask. And some of us, these questions might be very familiar to us. How long have you been waiting on the Lord? How fervent has your prayer been how fervent has your prayer been? How much have you cried out to him? How persistent are your requests? And how often do you listen to God speak? How much are you singing to God? Remember, it's not easy when we have all these. It's not easy. We have all been there. With Paul, God told him, My grace is sufficient for you. With Job, when Job questioned God, God told him, where were you when I laid the foundations of this earth? So let us continue to express gratitude to God in whatever situation we find ourselves in. Many amongst us are joyous for many answered prayers. Others rejoice too over the few ones. Nonetheless, many others have their hopes dashed with a lot of no's and inappropriate response to their requests. Beloved, it's hard to be grateful to God when nothing is going as planned. But there is a greater reward for those who dare to do so. Because you belong to Jesus Christ, all things will work out for your good, no matter how long it takes. This is God's will for you. His will, my destiny, is a concept that is born out of the moment of not knowing what to do but simply putting our trust in God. I do this not knowing whether my circumstances will change. I do it out of reverence for the one true God who has delivered me out of the darkness and has commanded me to trust him. Like we were told in the book of Psalms, 
Commit your ways to the Lord. If we can trust him, then we can go to bed without losing our sleep. Trust in him and he will do this. Trust and obey. And you will see that his will is for your good indeed. It gives life, it gives health, and it gives wealth. Those with unanswered prayers may want to know why. And it is natural to want to know why as human beings. But let's remember, God owes us no explanation. Like we heard two weeks ago, we are like clays in the hands of the potter. The furniture man who did this seats well sit on. While he was constructing this seat, I can guarantee you, I wasn't there, but I can tell you that the seat never questioned the shape the furniture man gave to the seat. And that is how we are to God. We are like clays in the hands of the potter. We have a song. Have thine own way, Lord. Mold me and make me after thy will. He is the almighty God. He knows the end from the beginning. And he knows the beginning from the end. For this reason, he does whatever pleases him. And we do not have a say. Whatever your case may be, whether with an answered prayer or not, it's time to restore our willingness to want to be in the presence of God, to sing, to pray, and to give. It is time to cry out more from the rooftop. It is time to celebrate our God for who He is and not for what we can get from Him. Oh yes, it is time to pray more fervently. And to see God's face closely. It's time to hope again. It's time to listen more closely to what God is whispering to you at night. Let it be known during the day. It is time to walk in the newness of life. And to make your calling and election into the kingdom sure. It's time to sing in season and out of season. It's time to sing louder and with every strength in us. Whether you are happy or not. Whether you have been blessed or not, whether your prayer is answered or not, whether you feel loved or not by God, whether you have waited fervently in prayer or not, beloved, it's time. It's time to go. It's time to let go of the hurt. It's time to let go of the pain. It's time to let go of the disappointment. It's time to let go of the depression and the struggles. The complaints, it's time to let go of the excuses. And to rest peacefully in God's abundant love and praise. It's time to choose to believe God. It's time to be grateful to God. It's time to catch faith once more. And to simply trust in Him. It's time to take Him at His word. It is so sweet to trust in Jesus. Just to take Him at His words. Just to rest upon His promise. Toss to know, toss says the Lord. Chad chose a song to close. Unfortunately, I couldn't send my choice of song to him on time, and I did not want to disrupt his schedule. 
because I know he does a wonderful job. But he chose the song, um, uh, Tis a Fountain Free. In the chorus of it, there's a request, an invitation. Will you come to this fountain free? Will you come? It is for you and me, thirsty soul. Hear the welcome call. It's a fountain open for all. If you have not submitted yourself to Christ, it's an opportunity for you to do so. Because by doing so, you are showing gratitude for the, for the life God has given you. And for those of us who have been fortunate to submit ourselves to God, the only way we can show gratitude to Him, like what Paul, what Paul said to the Corinthian brethren, if the willingness is there, they gave their lives first. Let us continue to renew our commitment to him every day of our lives. That is the best way we can show gratitude to him. For seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And every other thing shall be added unto you. May his name be praised forever and ever. Shall we rise as we take the closing hymn.